Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And it's really all of our business to be concerned about what's happening on the political front. One of my favorite people to talk to about that is my guest this segment, Lee Kaplan. He is with the law firm of Spicer Kaplan and Veselka, skd.com. And, uh, but he's also a candidate for mayor, which frankly really excites me because, uh, you know, we really need people that uh, are reasonable and they are very very hard to come by, and, uh, you know, I, I think you may be one of the last reasonable men, Lee Kaplan. Glad to have you on the show. Talk about your mayoral campaign, why you're running, and how people can get more information. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I uh, thought about running for an office in the past, always discarded that possibility, but I just think there are things that the city of Houston really needs, and the requirements are mostly nonpartisan. You know, I don't know any Republicans who want to be flooded out of their homes. I don't know any Republicans who want to be carjacked. I think that's true of Democrats, too, and libertarians. I think that cuts across every racial, ethnic, religious, and gender lines. People don't want to be unsafe, whether it's from crime or from flooding, and those are big issues in Houston. Uh, they'd like to be heard, but they really want to be able to carry on in their lives without the kind of interference in their lives that that harms their personal safety. So that's that's what it's about. Being mayor, I believe, requires uh, providing services to people. It's a very labor-intensive job. You cannot just outsource everything the city needs or its residents need. You have to work at it all the time, 24-7. And that's, that's my view. Um, I yeah. think we may have gotten yeah. away from that a little bit on the national scene. And some of the issues uh, um, are hijacking others. So, um, And we see that there are certain states that are closer to being swing states. And so they are the ones that hold us on the knife edge for what's going to happen in politics, which is kind of interesting to me. Uh, you know, some states are probably reliably Republican, like Texas. Some states are reliably different, Democratic, like California. But there are others that uh, um, may turn out to be swing states that didn't used to be. So yeah. who knows for sure. And if you talk to... If you talk to honest people in places like California and Texas, a lot of them will tell you, you know, honest Democrats and honest Republicans, they don't like how uncompetitive their big party is, if you know what I mean. It's just this assumption they're going to get elected, and it's less accountability. It's almost like they're held hostage by mediocrity. And, uh, you know, that's not, a, that's not a good thing either. Absolutely not. Very dangerous, uh, uh, I think, for our democracy. We need to have more people in the middle who will uh, make decisions on issues other than single issues. And I appreciate that some people, a single issue like guns or abortion or uh, uh, police overreach are very, very important, but we have to consider the whole issue when we're deciding on candidates. And I don't know that we've always done that. So yeah. we'll see what happens this time around here in Texas and nationally. Uh, 
it's good that there have been some debates, although many of them are just gotcha debates. At least people get to see uh, candidates and think about them as human beings a little bit more than normal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I recall uh, the Kennedy-Nixon debates. They say that Nixon was better in substance, but Kennedy won based on kind of the way he looked and the way he answered questions, and uh, I find that fascinating. So there are defects in the media presentation, um, but it's a chance for people to just see what the candidates look like, how they react to things, and I think personal qualities matter in a candidate. And we will perhaps see more of that if we see honest debates here and there. I understand that there was a big debate between DeSantis and Christ in Florida. I, of course, didn't see it, but people are declaring winners and losers often based on their own political predilections. But I think that if people watch the debate, they can make up their mind on their own. They don't need to be told what they were supposed to think. A very select filter. There's an old saying I used to hear from uh, really hard right conservatives that uh, seems more true today than uh, ever, which is the only thing in the middle of the road is a yellow streak or a roadkill. <laughs> yeah, but here we used to say to be yellow streak. Uh, one former Democrat, late Democratic politician, Jim Hightower, who was agriculture commissioner here in Texas, used to say the only things in the middle of the road are yellow stripes and dead armadillos. Yeah, Walter Mengden, who ran for uh, who ran for U.S. Senate, is the one I heard say that. A former state senator who ran for U.S. Senator. I think both parties probably try to claim it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and unfortunately, that's part of the problem. I mean, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Well, I think the biggest mistake the Supreme Court has made, the biggest mistake last time, not this term, was refusing to wade into the gerrymandering debate. If if we're trying to nurture future leaders, they need to be people who can reach out to more than one group. And by allowing gerrymandering, we're letting politicians pick their districts and their voters as opposed to the voters picking their politicians and voting for them. And so as a result, you can look at two districts that are next to each other and almost always predict what's going to happen. And the House of Representatives is now, once again, balanced on a knife edge where just a few districts matter, and so many incumbents just last forever. And while there's an argument to be made for experience, there's also an argument to be made for fresh views in politics and finding new ways to get things to work. And I think that the Roberts Court failed miserably by declining to get into the redistricting debate. And we, and yes, we all I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, all of that has been left to the states, and the states pretty much drive that by the, uh, you know, not pretty much, entirely by the makeup of their legislature. And so Texas bends over backwards to gerrymander an all-Republican state, if at all possible, uh, have a few marginal seats with candidates that I think are on the same level. And by the way, that's on both Republican and Democrat. Uh, you know, in order to make this contorted, weird-looking mosaic that 
benefits the Republican Party. And again, that's just here in Texas. Other states do it for Democrats. None of it's done for the voters, though, Lee. That's right. I don't think we're better off because of that. I really don't. Um, it's it's dangerous because once you put horns in a tail on the other side, then that makes it easier to disregard everything they say if you don't have to engage with them or discuss things. You know, that's just dangerous. And uh, it's not good for democracy, but I don't think it's good for policy because the rumor is that somebody on the other side of the political uh, landscape might have a good idea. And we've got to draw on those ideas and use them or at least have an honest debate to see if they should be modified somewhat so they're acceptable to people. As I say, Mm -hmm. at least in Houston, I don't know any Republicans who want to be carjacked. I don't know any Democrats who want to be carjacked. And the same thing goes for being flooded out of your home are of your are are flooded while you're in your car. Those are things that are too important to let other partisan issues control everything. So yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of went a different path, but I'm kind of glad we went this path because this is something we have touched on on occasion, and it hasn't gotten any better. If anything, it's getting worse. Why? Why does it seem worse now than ever? Uh, you know, historically, you know, I, when I was more hard right, I, I told you about my past. Frankly, uh, uh, Donald Trump has been a great reformer of me, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, this, I finally seen the logical result of where this party was going. Uh, you know, I just really thought he was going to be a flash in the pan. No way in the world would he get elected. You know, so I guess you would call me a never-Trumper Republican before, although I never considered myself a Republican. But historically, you know, we, we in the hard right would talk about squishes, you know, those guys who are moderate, guys like Bob Doe who are, you know, really quite conservative historically, but moderate by the way political standards have changed the last few decades. And I don't consider the Trump crowd conservative at all. Uh, this crowd is, is extremist, but it's more statist. It's almost like a, you know, <laughs> They, they hate they hate the hard left like like uh, uh, like the Nazis hated the communists and the communists hated the Nazis. I mean, this is not normal. These are not normal. It's not a normal party uh, any more than the progressive wing of the Democrats is normal. You know, and it seems like it's getting worse and worse. Targeting going on, eliminating people ideologically. Um, you know, I think I think we're heading to more extremes in, in legislatures, state and federal. I'm afraid that may be true. You know, I used to think with the information explosion and the Internet that people would be better informed and we'd be better off. It seems that people only want to watch media that confirms their biases. And that's something I saw as a trial lawyer and have continued to see, confirmation bias. If if you convince somebody of one thing early on, they will hang on to that idea like a barnacle, and all the facts that come out at trial may or may not matter one bit. Usually they don't. It's confirmation bias, and if you only watch MSNBC or you only watch Fox News, then that's the only truth you're going to get, and you'll get more fixed in those views. And that's unfortunate. I think people ought to graze the channels and they can decide for themselves whether Rachel Maddow or Tucker Carlson or, say, take CNN, Anderson, uh, 
uh, Anderson Cooper, any of those people have the right ideas, but too few people watch more than one outlet. They get their truth from one place, and that's dangerous, very dangerous. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. I I think one of the things that have helped me uh, change a lot of my views have been forcing myself. I got a New York Times subscription. New York Times isn't radical left like you hear from Republicans all the time now. It is left of center. Uh, Washington Post a little more left than I think than the New York Times. Uh, but both of them are fairly reasonable. I need my uh, opinions tested against that. And when you look at that, you begin to learn that they are dealing with real facts. They just interpret them different from others. There is fake news. But it's not nearly as rampant as those who simply don't understand the deliberation process that goes inside people's minds. And, of course, I like the Wall Street Journal. Journal. I tend to gravitate towards that. Again, right of center in its case. Uh, but all of them dealing with facts. There's plenty of facts out there. And so if anyone disagrees with those, Toledo, in our culture, it's fake news. And you can't really – I don't know how a city a civilization survives. I think of Joseph Goebbels and, and the Nazis – running around talking about uh, lying journalists, lying journalists. That was the cliche then. We use fake news. And what it is, to me, is, is an often uneducated or lazy consumer of news. That's the biggest problem. I, I actually agree with you. And uh, uh, as we get close to the end of the segment, I'm going to ask you, which party will prevail in the House and which pre- party will prevail in the Senate? I think the Republicans are going to win back the House, and I think the Senate, demographically, is going to look almost identical as it looks now. That's what my instincts tell me. Well, once again, I I can't pretend to know, but if I were to guess, the Republicans are going to get a very slim majority in the House, and the Democrats will have a slim majority in the Senate, which means that not much will get done unless somebody steps up and disabuses the activists of their own views and makes compromises to get things done. Now, whether the things Mm -hmm. to get done will be good things, I can't say, but I believe that inflation looms and immigration loom very large in House races, and I believe that Senate races will be a little bit more, uh, will tilt a little more Democratic partly because of the personalities and partly because I think people believe that the Republicans are a little too far out there. So my prediction is it's a Democratic Senate, and it may be a Republican House. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a very narrow majority in the House. I, I still think it's going to be split in the Senate. I agree with you on the most fundamental principle, they're going to, both houses are going to be do-nothing houses. <laughs> I mean, that's the most fundamental, right? Because there's not going to be enough to get much done. That's right. And uh, yeah. I don't know if that's Lee good Kaplan. or bad. Yeah. Lee Kaplan, always glad to have you on. We went a really different direction, but I'm glad we went there. I, I like to remind listeners that really, you know, we like to blame politicians. We like to blame media. But ultimately, in a city, in a country where we are allowed to vote, you have to blame those who are preparing themselves for that. And if you don't like uh, what we're getting, you might need to reevaluate how you vote. <laughs> I mean, it really comes down to that. And I don't know anyone on either party that likes it. 
Uh, Read final thoughts as we wrap it up. No, not really anything. I just, uh, we've made our limited predictions. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You notice neither one of us were willing to put money on it. <laughs> well, that's Thanks the beauty. Thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin democracy. Price. Yes. Thank I you. am Kevin Price, and this is The Price of Business.